The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the weekend. It is all about money. Well, the next hour... Anyways, and uh, yeah, I hope you're doing just fine. Uh, Brad Lamb, uh, broker, president of Brad J. Lamb Realty, joining Jack and I. Of course, he's Toronto's number one condo and loft uh, brokerage uh, dude, shall I say. Of course, uh, Brad builds them, but he also sells them uh, through his brokerage business. Uh, Thank you very much, Brad, for spending some time with us. Uh, It's a delight to to get caught up uh, and... uh, up to speed on what's been a pretty interesting period in real estate. Um, talk to us. Uh, where do we sit in terms of prices uh, since we last spoke? Um, well, I, I think the worst part of uh, of this interest rate environment, this sort of elevated interest rate environment, the worst time was really the fall in, in between uh, September and, say, December, which is the fall, of course. Yep. And um, it's stabilized now. It's kind of like you know when 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 you when you do something to humans that's unfavorable to humans, they get afraid, and then they figure it out, right? So when you raise interest rates, people get afraid, and they're oh my goodness, uh, you know this is going to happen, and we need to adjust for this higher rate. And uh, so what's happening with buyers is if a buyer was looking to buy a three million dollar house, they're now looking to buy a two point six million dollar house because the extra cost of interest has lowered their ability to buy. If they were looking to buy an $800,000 apartment, they're now looking at buying a $650,000 apartment, or maybe they can't get in the market. So it's really hurting first-time buyers, as it always does. Everything oh, is, I know. is tough on first-time buyers. Um, but the market now is rising again. The volumes were superb in, uh, in April. So we had one of the best Aprils in history last April, and we were, we were off uh, maybe... Eight percent from last April in volume. I actually thought so off eight percent from a high base. Yeah, so like there was, I think there's about eight thousand properties sold in the in the GTA on MLS, which is always the measure of, of where we're at. It's the live kind of market, and I I, I expected six thousand. Like you never know till the market's done, right? Till we get the stats. But I, I was very surprised at how robust it was, and May is proving to be very strong as well. Now our office uh, is is you know we're 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 operating at a at a loss. So you know my company is is we we make you know ninety five percent of revenues as a developer, mm-hmm. and the the selling part of it is a very very small part of what I do now. So we we have we do sell real estate, but you know we we develop we 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 have our revenues for selling. Uh, our, our revenues for our development company are in the sort of five hundred million to eight hundred million a year, uh, and we're, we're we're probably selling uh, something like a um, thousand homes a year at so it's probably a billion in in, in sales uh, for commissions. But of course, commissions are much smaller in terms of the margins than you do in in development. So it's not insignificant to me now, but it's so. Really so you, you are selling uh, at the retail level about a billion dollars. Uh, in Toronto inventory on an annual basis, yeah. not the stuff you built. Well, no. So, so my sales company uh, has a, a, a contract with my 
development company to represent us in all our sales. Sure. So we we sold uh, between the two companies about a thousand deals last year. Yeah, sorry, but how many of those units were units you actually built? Uh, Seven hundred. So, right. Okay. So yeah. then the other the other three hundred units were yeah. uh, brokered deals. Yeah. Uh, but so the, but that so your brokerage business itself. Did you say it's actually not making any money? Well, so I make all my so nobody makes money in a resale business. The the the, hmm. the so we had a terrible year last year. Half the last half of the year was was you know many months where we did very few sales. From August onwards, nobody wanted to buy anything. Really. Yeah. Uh, now we're moving product again, but. But uh, you, you know, the, the uh, we're we're rebuilding our office uh, and changing it from a. It used to be a fifty-fifty office where agents paid fifty percent of the fees to me, mm-hmm. and I kept it small, about twenty agents. And we recently decided to expand it two years ago to three hundred agents. Oh, uh, and we're we're at right now at a, at a kind of sliding scale. It gets to as low as ninety ten. Um, in terms of ninety percent to the outside agent or to our agent and ten percent to the office or the the lift, and we're we, so and the only reason we're doing that is because the competition for uh, you know the internet has kind of everyone circles the drain with the internet. There's very few people. It spreads the money out to a lot of people, but there's not a lot of people that make a ton of money, except that those that own the highways on the internet. You know, so the real estate brokerage business is terrible business. You'd have to, like if you had a thousand agents working for you as a broker and you were a non-selling broker, you might be lucky enough to make a million dollars a year. Now running a thousand people in an office is a nightmare. So my company, we make a ton of money selling my projects because we have an exclusive. It's a very high profit business. We don't have a lot of people working in that area. So my average fee is about 25000 a door on the things I sell for my company. Mm-hmm. And it costs me maybe 2000 a door as a broker. But when we sell your house, I get maximum I get from my brokerage, from my agents is 25%. It's more likely 20%. And so that might of be- Of the commission. A, yeah. So uh, that might yeah. be 5000 a door. Right. So we make 500% more really- uh, on your own units. Yeah, and so when I say we don't make any money, I mean on the resale business where we did 300 deals last year, we need to do a 1,000 deals for me to make a fair, decent profit. And it wouldn't be huge. I want to I want to pivot here, Brad, because there's some macro things going on in your industry uh, of real estate. Uh, obviously, you, you were housing people. Uh, you educated me, and I, I don't know about Jackie. Jack's very, very smart. Um how the problem in can in Toronto and much of Canada and I'm gonna say now much of more North America is there's a housing shortage. Period. You taught me that, and much of it has to do with red legislation and red tape. Uh, very difficult to get stuff built, so there's gonna be shortages for some time. And part of those shortages because of our immigration policy. Uh, a lot of people coming, not enough stuff being made. Nothing's changed on that front, correct? Nothing has changed. Nothing's changed. Probably got but, worse, Wolf. It's but no, but worse. here's the point that's catching my attention. Simon Properties, uh, a position that we had in, uh, collected a 7% dividend. They were the largest shopping mall owner in America. Tons of real estate, big anchor stores. Many of those anchors are gone. Uh, vacancy concern. A stock company's fine, just fine, but they got some repurposing to do. But what I see here in Toronto, I'm going to talk about a specific company that I really like, but I don't own, and it's trending in the wrong way. It's Allied properties mm-hmm. there and I assume you know them mm-hmm. um, they obviously take do the you're in the loft business for residential they're in the loft business for 
office. So I guess you call the second tier stuff. Once you just get out of the core, you know, over by uh, Bathurst and King, any of those loft, what, what we'd call the second tier stuff in Toronto. Uh, yeah. Um, he developed, uh, John Embry, I think is the CEO's name, he developed so much fabulous space uh, that was well um, tenanted until COVID came. Uh, so the repurposing of office, do you think that 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 will happen on no. any no, no on no scale. Do you think office will be uh, revisited as office? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't repurpose office because office floor plates work at twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand square feet, and they're very deep. So you you'd end up with apartments that were like ten feet wide and and you know, three hundred feet deep. It'd be like a tunnel, right? So you're just the floor plates are too big to work. So that that so you see it happening in places like a little bit in places like Alberta. Uh, where you know real estate collapsed, like there was a collapse for for from 2012 to recently. Yeah, oil when when oil yeah. went from 150 to zero. Yeah, well we did great. They did terribly. So, yeah. So you know that, and then COVID came, and now this has happened. So they got really slammed. But I think all of the so you know my personal feeling is that uh, um, there's there's a very few number of jobs where you can you can work remote. Um, the the level of trust between boss and employee has to be extraordinarily high because frankly. I know what people do when they work at home. They stay in their jammies. They watch Netflix. They they really do. It's not like they're the, the argument is they're as productive. They're not as productive. And you can't you can't work with other people. Like I have so many meetings now in development. It's a very complicated business, <sighs> and we have ten people on the line in a Zoom call, and it's bullshit. No, 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 no. <laughs> you want to boots on? You want to get your boots on and get in the hole? So 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 people <laughs> is that like, footing right? <laughs> yeah. People like I think our, that's important. <laughs> our, our lawyers and our and our, our our sound consultants and our wind consultants and our you know water consultants they're all trying to still pull this stuff and we're you know we're 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 saying no we need meetings but but and they're and it and we're winning right the 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 meetings are coming back because we can get in a twenty five thirty minute meeting we can accomplish what happens over five meetings because people aren't listening or, or, or it's not clear or you're not collaborating together. Only one person can talk at a time. Um, and so the message is lost and you just do worse work. So there's no argument. There's zero argument that working at home is as efficient as working in an office. And so just, just you know, the, the, the markets are pure, whether it's the real estate market or your market. 100%. They're pure. They never allow for fat. So working at home is fat. And it's fat right now because people are still working off the COVID and there's a bit of negotiating room and, and employees have a bit of power. That power is going to go back to the employer as it always does and we'll go back to status quo. So there's a future in office buildings for sure. No, that, that, that's brilliant speak. You're uh, just a hi-fi radio show about money. Delight to have Mr. Brad Lamb, broker president of Brad J. Lamb Realty. Uh, this man knows his stuff, and that's why Jack and I like to have him on the show every couple of months just to get up to speed. Uh, what about uh, the other type of real estate, commercial real estate, retail specific? Um, what what trends are you picking up uh, on retail? So what's really exciting about Simon Properties and other big mall operators is if they are in the suburbs of large cities, they're getting repurposed in Canada and in North America As for res. For res. A huge play on this. So you look at Rio Can, you look at Smart Centers. Smart Centers uh, is converting a, um, a plaza, like it's a huge mall outside of Cambridge, just off the highway. Yeah. They've got approval for, I believe it's 25 or 30 40-story buildings. Oh. And and it's, it's a... It's a 
mall that nobody. Sherway, my wife just told me Sherway Gardens has a yep. condo going up in yep. the parking lot. Yep, they all do. So, uh, so Yorkdale, the, the one up, you know, yep. the beautiful mall. That's, where I grew that's up. being repurposed. But they, all, say they have the, the best, sorry, the they parking the lot of buildings. They do. They, they have do. the best locations. They do. Right. That's where the mall traffic goes to them. Suburban and, location. And, and a lot of the time is they're actually keeping the retail below building condos above. Yeah. And it's cheap, right? It's the land is cheaper than it is downtown. So I think a lot of this problem with population growth is going to be solved by those secondary locations. And we're, we're going to build up places like Mississauga and Richmond Hill even more. And I think that'll solve a lot of the problem. Not all the problem, but it'll solve a lot of it. I'm curious what your opinion is on bike lanes, but we're going to take a quick break. Go to commercials. <laughs> Get right back to Hi-Fi Radio, 640 in Toronto. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back. That is Mr. Brad Lamb's theme song when he joins Jack and I on Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, combing through the charts each and every day is what I do. I look at about 500 charts every day uh, just to look for trends. And it's, it's incredible how uh, markets cluster. And, the, you know, real estate is cornerstone investment, I think, for any Canadian family. Single's a little different. Uh, Canadian family, try to get some real estate. Hang on to it for the long haul. I think it'll serve your estate very, very well. Multiple markets, real estate being one of them. And, uh, Brad, it's interesting. Uh Parts of real estate look healthy, parts look okay, and parts look absolutely awful. And it's incredible. One of the largest real estate owners in Canada is Brookfield. And Brookfield Corp. stock does not look good. And at its current valuation, from what a few people have indicated to me, and it gets a very complex business, not so easy to delve into Brookfield, but you basically get the real estate for free. And they have some world class real estate, London, New York, uh, obviously Toronto. They're not getting any love for it. Uh, and you see it in the chart, it's just trending the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that quite interesting. Yet home builder stocks in the United States are going up. Mm-hmm. Um, industrial REITs, not bad, not great. Um, retail apartment, excuse me, retail and office, not good. Um, and industri- again, we spoke about industrial. So <laughs> the real estate market, I find, I've, I've never found it so b- bifurcated uh, than it is right here, right now. Well, it's, it, I think it's easy to understand. So the reason why um, the reason why home builder stocks are going up is because there's there's a shortage of housing everywhere in the world, yeah. like in the first world. Well, every world. Every yeah, place, as we just right? talked but, about but, before uh, the break, right? Yeah, it's so it's 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 terrible in the United States. Terrible here. Yeah. And so there's a demand for housing. You got to build housing. They got to make money. You got to pay what it costs to get a house for the builder to make money. You won't build it. But the commercial markets are in a, it, real tatters. And here's why. It, you know, you, you, most smart guys in commercial will have 20% of their product mortgages maturing every year, right? You get about a five year term for mortgage, right? So if you think about it, guys are now renewing over the last year at, at 8%, 9% for commercial mortgage. Up and, from. 
three, four. Right, the big delta. Yeah. So that so you wouldn't have enough cash to fix that problem. So a lender's going to say, well, we're not going to give you a mortgage. You're now like a minus five cap. You need to you need to put money into this or sell it. So there's going to be a lot of commercial property for sale in North America. Have you seen any of it yet hit yep. the market? Yeah. Yep. You're seeing stress out there. Yep. Uh, would, you say, would you say commercial? So are you talking retail? Or are you it's it's going to be everything. It's everything. Because if you borrow money to do anything right now, if your your core business is borrowing money using leverage, which real estate's all about that, everyone's underwater. Let me tell you my story, okay? So we have four towers under construction. It's about a billion dollars worth of stuff. I borrowed about five or $600 million to do it. And my rate went from four and a half to eight and a half. Oh. Right? And the, the lenders were like, you got to write some checks. Yeah. Or you're. Sorry. That's okay. Said it, but yeah. So we'll, so take, we, we'll take that so, out. So we had to write some <laughs> checks. You know, we had to. We, and so we're all safety now at the rates we're at and everything's fine. But it costs a lot of money. It cost me $20 million. Yeah. No, it's incredible. We, had a, we, we get a client call once a month. Hey, Wolf, I got a line of credit. I'm waking up and realizing I'm paying 7.5%. Should I maybe get that into some kind of a fixed vehicle? Uh, and again, this call came after our monthly client conference call where we showed what the market is anticipating with respect to interest rates. The market is expecting interest rates to begin falling in approximately six to 12 months, uh, precipitously falling. We, once rates begin to turn the other way, it won't be one cut. Yeah, the, market, the, the market's expecting roughly, what, five, six cuts. Can I make a prediction? Please. In the fall. In Canada, 100%. That's fine. In Canada, yeah. That's I'm talking US. But yeah, we yeah. see it. I, I'll make another prediction. It'll be the market forcing the Fed's hand. So the Fed wrote, wrote it up. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to say 450 basis points. Now the market, I don't know what the stress will be, whether it's Canada or the US. It'll be the US because it has to be big enough. But uh, they will force the Fed's hand, the Bank of Canada's hand. Inflation is under control. Uh, I'm sure you're seeing it in your cost. Yep. Um, employment, unemployment is rising, so you're getting some slack in the labor force. And as you said, over time, that power shift is going to go back to the employer, and you won't see these these crazy wage hikes that we've seen in structural inflation over the last couple of years. So um, lots going on, and it certainly does indicate that rates are going to be going lower well, before they go higher, that's for sure. Yeah, the sad thing, once again, is affordability today is worse than it's ever been. I, I do empathize and sympathize uh, with first-time home buyers. And at some point, you've said over and over again, just get, find a point and bite the bullet and get into the market. Uh, once you're in, okay, now you got to adjust accordingly and adapt. But the, the irony is, here in Canada, you, you spoke about at the commercial level, which we understand commercial loans, business loans, tend to be between five and seven years. Company, companies don't borrow money for 30-year periods unless they're an ultra-blue-chip company. Governments can borrow for 30. Companies can't. But individuals in America have 30-year mortgages. They don't worry. They have nothing to worry about for the next 30 years. We have a client in L.A. who's picked up multiple properties, uh, you know, million, million-and-a-half-dollar properties, but at 2.5% interest rates. And, yeah, the rates have gone up, but it's not affecting him one iota. Assuming they don't move because, again, their, their mortgages aren't portable the way ours are. They're not portable, so they can't move. But if they do nothing, they can just write out. Whereas here, here at yeah. home, people are being forced to write checks, yeah, that, forced that, to adjust or forced to sell. Yeah. And that's the, the cascade that we've all been waiting for as, as a, a slow, buyer. It's but, a slow drip, though, Wolf. It's not a cascade. So if, as Brad was talking about, if people have, you know, you locked into a five-year mortgage five years ago, yours is finally rolling off. And then someone did. Every year you get some roll off there. So that's uh, adds some supply. But it seems like there's lots of demand. And if rates are going is. lower, I'm going to say the market should be relatively stable. 
Well, so the reason why the Canadian real estate market will suffer more and is suffering more than the American market is for the reason that you said, Wolfgang. It's because we have uh, we have five-year holds for rates and we got to renew them. They don't. Uh, it's also why our commercial markets are going to be worse. Um, but all of this is a is nothing really. It's a flash in the pan. It's a year, right? So it started like in August. It'll end in August or September. And unfortunately for the consumer, real estate prices are going to explode. Interest rates go down, real estate goes up. So if the Bank of Canada finally uh, offers some stimulus through lower interest rates, yeah. Well, they, uh, they, they, they'll, they'll bring rates down to support whatever amount of of uh, inflation there is, right? So if they want to hit 2%, then rates will be probably 25 right? So uh, so we're talking 4.5% for the average guy, probably 3% for a good borrower, which are very stimulative. But the biggest issue is COVID and this have now ruined our delivery of homes, plus the fact that the city- well, Sorry, what do you mean by that? Well, COVID cut, cut everyone out of the market for six months from doing anything, right? Right. And then- we now for the last nine months, no one's doing anything. Like no one's building. If you're building, you're building, but no one's starting building because who wants to borrow at eight and a half percent rates? And then the other thing is, uh, it's hard to sell. Like, well, I, 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 I can compound that issue there too, um, Mr. Brad Lamb, broker president of Brad Lamb Realty. Uh, we, Jack and I, were just at a Blackstone Private Credit Fund lunch. What in the world is that? Well, it's complicated. But uh, to make a long story short, that regional banking crisis in America has started a new trend where the banking system in America will at some point look a little more like the banking system here in Canada, where there could be just a few national banks, several of them, but very few regional banks. And those regional banks supported the building industry. They supported small manufacturing. Well, with all those regionals around, uh, the lending dries up, and now they go into private credit. And when you have to go into private credit, you're paying more. Uh, so I asked you a couple of questions on this one, um, Brad. Um, Rompspin. How familiar are you with what they do and who they are? And I'm assuming quite. Yeah, I'm very familiar. Uh, they're picking up, I assume, some assets. Uh, they're being forced to take in some assets because they're, they're experiencing default. And by the way, if you don't know who Rompsman is, they are a great big commercial real estate short to medium term lender. Uh, lots of money flew to Rompsman to receive a nice quote unquote, what people believed as a stable monthly distribution, seven, eight, nine percent. It worked until it didn't. And it's been, I believe, I believe the fund's gated, which means it's pretty hard to get your money out in any size. And I believe they also reduced their distribution. They're still distributing income, but I think they reduced it quite significantly, their, their dividend yield. Um, what are you hearing about them? Are, are they picking up assets and, and developing them or are they just picking up assets and flipping them over to a guy like you, for example? Is your phone ringing? Are you the one? Warren Buffett getting the call from the distressed seller, I guess, is my question. No, I am not the Warren Buffett. Tiny, <laughs> tiny bubbles? <laughs> I'd like to be the Warren Buffett. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I used to borrow from Roms when I first started. Uh, they're, they're the borrower of, of not last resort, but they, they, they have a risky – they have some great people, uh, customers, but they also have guys like me 20-some years ago where I borrowed money at 12%. And we still made money in our developments, and they were very good to me. I mean, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. But the hmm. Shelly Esben was the founder, a great, really lovely man. Nice. He liked me a lot, and he did a lot of favors for me. Good. Um, so I, I have a lot of good things to say about uh, Romsman. I don't think Romsman's in any danger. They're very smart people there. They're actually difficult. Lend, like, when, you, when you're born at 12%, it's not easy. No, there's you covenants. To, you have to jump a lot, oh, through yeah. a lot of hoops, and they only do it with people they have a a real strong did, did they perform with. good due, due diligence on you 
Yeah, but mostly what it was was Shelly has been in, in you know um, knew me and knew me as a person and as a business person, and he trusted me, and he took a chance on me. Um, so, so character and personality came into the equation. It wasn't just it numbers, did. eh? In my case, it, it did for sure. You know, the stock we picked up on, on a side note, just because I'm thinking about you borrowing a bunch of money at 12 points, um, uh, FICO, uh, the uh, debt rating uh, credit service uh, that everyone has. Uh, your FICO score, right? We just bought that stock. Expensive as hell yeah. and going higher. Yeah. It's quite, quite remarkable when you find these little weird companies. Oh. I know that product. Oh, you're a public. Oh, yeah. oh, well, we'll buy it. Uh, anyways, show's Hi-Fi Radio. We're hanging out with Brad Lamb, broker president of Brad Lamb Realty. This gentleman knows a lot about real estate. Well, he really helped transform Toronto. I will have to say, Brad, I'm very excited when I come into work every morning. Uh, I'm delighted COVID's over. I'm delighted I have the privilege and opportunity to go downtown or come downtown, go to my office, rub shoulders, hang out with some very intelligent people, share ideas, concept, uh, cross-pollinate, uh, all of that. But as I come downtown... And I, I, I drive up York Street or Bay Street at 7.30 in the morning. The homeless I see, I don't like that. But I just look around at this city, and I say, what a changed city. And I just, I'm just looking at your buyer here and, of course, highlighting that you worked on the candy factory. And I remember that in the 90s, that, that development. I remember what King Street and Queen Street was like, uh, you know, west of Bay Street at the, um, that it was after 5 o'clock. It was dead. It was dead. The city is so, so changed. We're going to take a quick break. Get back with Brad Lamb. Hi-Fi Radio Show about money. I'm talking real estate. I'm going to pivot into some collectible talk. Uh, that's usually what you talk about at the height of a bull market. Uh, who was that painter uh, that people bought the Bromsky or something when it disintegrated? Uh, that was at the height of the market. You remember talking about? I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. We'll, I have no we'll idea have to Google that. And get I back. Didn't buy it. We'll get back. Yeah. <laughs> get back to Brad Lamb and Jack, and we're gonna keep talking about money. You want more of it? Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. I'm playing that for Brad Lamb. It just reminds me of the episode in The Office when they played that track and started running around getting the uh, people all pumped up. Uh, I love going to The Office. And, uh, well, uh, we didn't miss a whole lot of beats with COVID uh, downtown. We followed protocol, but that was about the end of it. I know you basically worked right through um, COVID, Brad. Uh, A question, you know, Jack and I frequently have our U.S. analysts on the call. And our U.S. analysts are truly spread across America, uh, from Massachusetts to L.A. to San Fran. Um, So every time we speak with them, I ask them, A, what's the mood? Are people going back into the office? And two, uh, any cranes in the sky? I ask the question all the time. Uh, And in Boston, there are no cranes in the sky. And I remember seeing, I'm not sure if it was Sarah McLaughlin or uh, some performer, and uh, when she got on stage, she said, well, thank you, Toronto, for having me. And wow, look at all the cranes in the sky in the city. She was mesmerized by our building activity. Um, And there was a crane count once. I thought Toronto once got over to over 100 cranes in the sky. So uh, there's a rig count, Brad, that uh, the oil industry looks at how many rigs are out in the field. More rigs, more supply, lower prices. Less rigs, less supply, higher prices. 
is. Uh, I ask you, do you do a crane count? And is it, is it significant still in Toronto or are the cranes all gone? Well, I don't specifically do a crane count, but but the crane count was done uh, about a month ago. There's there's approximately 240 high-rise cranes in Toronto operating. 240? Yeah, which is more than the 11 largest cities in the United States. That would be L.A., Dallas, Chicago, New York, Seattle, blah, blah, blah. It, it's insane. More than the top 11 cities in North America. Yeah. It's more cranes than anywhere in the world except possibly – the not free world like China, but there's no other place that has this many cranes. And it's not just condo cranes, it's office cranes. There's office buildings being completed. There's four or five really awesome uh, buildings being completed now. Uh, like, you know, um, the well is just completed, right? And uh, that's that's an outstanding property. So which one is that? The well at, Sp- at Spadina and Front Street. It's going to change okay. the whole West End. It's like an Eaton Center in the West End. There's hundreds of restaurants and bars. There's uh, probably 2,000 condos completed, some rental. And there's an office building, Spotify rent. Oh, my. Not Spotify. Google? Shopify? No, Shopify. Shopify. Yeah, Spotify. They, Shopify. They, they gave back some of that property, Well, you can't give it not? back. They signed a long-term lease, so they're just going to have to pay for it till they can sublease it. But they had about, I think, 50% of that building. Uh, and anyway, you know, they're going to come back. Like the, 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 the guy that runs that company said, you know, from here on out, we're going to be a, rem- a remote company. And that was the most asinine thing I think he's ever said. He's, they're, they're going back to the office like anyone else. Hey, I want to ask you, uh, just anecdotally, uh, you know, to, 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 to build wealth, you have to have a job. Uh, the job market's changing. Uh, the qualifications are changing. The competition is changing. Um, the good news is there is a shortage in the trades. And I take culinary classes, I think you know that, on the weekend at George Brown, and they say this too is a trade. Um, ChatGPT is going to put a lot of people out of work. You know, they're threatening the legal system. I don't think the lawyers are too worried about it, but uh, creative is being concerned around ChatGPT. But ChatGPT cannot do trades. ChatGPT cannot walk up the tower and go into that little booth in a crane and operate that puppy. Uh, It can get assistance maybe from Chat and the likes, but that's quite quite the job, being a crane operator. And I remember when I was a little boy, that was actually a very good paying job. Not that I ever considered it because I didn't. <laughs> um, and I heard a big, big heavy man have a hard time getting up that ladder. I've heard of guys laughing, saying, big, big, chunky man have to climb up that ladder, and that's not so easy. So tell me, what do you think? What, what does a crane operator make, uh, Brad? Is that a good oh, career still? Like lots, hundred fifty a year. That's what, yeah, buck, buck yeah. fifty years yeah, of crane up. So, so, and the, obviously, demand is—is is there good demand for from? Yeah, the, listen, the, the, so we, so we have a problem in this city with shortages, and there's shortages in terms of getting things through the system to get them approved. It's five years now. It's ridiculous. Uh, from start to end, it's five years. And to, then to get, at which point you get to start the, the project. No, let's get it approved. Appro- yeah, so you get it, yeah, you yeah. want to get it approved yeah, five years. Yeah. Then you have to, you have to do your, your final drawings, get financing. That takes a year. You got to sell it. That's not easy. It seems easy, but it's always, you know, it's not as easy shovel, as So think. start to finish, when do you get the shovel in the ground? How many years? Well, I see start to finish is 10 years to finish a to, building. To fi- 10, yeah. And how, many years to, how many years to build it? Three? Like three. Yeah. yeah. So seven years before you put a shovel in the ground. In many cases. It can and be you're, five. You're, you're laying out a lot of money in the process, are you not? Oh, t- nowadays, you have to be very, very well healed to be a developer. It's not possible. Like like a, a, la- a piece of land, a 10,000 square foot piece of land where you can build a 40-story building on. 10,000 feet. Okay. That's 100 by 100. That land's worth $55 million today. 10,000 feet. They, uh, excuse me. An acre is 40,000 feet, correct? Yeah, an, acre, an acre's worth $200 million in Toronto. $200 million. 
I only wish I have one of those, but it ain't worth no two hundred million. Yeah, I, yeah, I, my, 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 my house, no, no, my, my <laughs> house, my house is, a, is, a, is, a, is a hundred acre, hundred foot lot. Uh, yeah. Wow! So you can, on a quarter of an acre, you can place how big of a structure? Well, we're doing one. We're doing a forty-three story building, eleven thousand feet. Forty-three stories on eleventh. That's a quarter of an acre. Oh my goodness yeah. me! Wow! Yeah, and so in, it, so think it's, about that, Jack. So you so just think of the numbers here. To do that development, you need about thirty million cash to do that development now, and ten years ago you needed four. So so the the, the it's consolidating. The industry is consolidating to very big players. Like we're doing twenty four buildings right now. We have twenty four buildings in the pipeline. About you do s- yeah six billion worth of development. Yeah, and twenty four projects. Yeah, it's massive. It's a massive number. Yeah. And uh, wow, yeah, and but you have to nowadays. It's a scaled business. You can't be like it's impossible to be a small developer in a city now. It's like anything else. Everything is forced mass consolidation. Uh, but I, okay, Brad, we're going to take a break. But I want you to think uh, during the break because I know you know the names of all these people. I was once told by by one of our REIT capital markets guys, Jack. You remember this conversation? Uh, how the major development land in Ontario is owned by five or six. Families, true or false? Well, that's false. Is it? No, I mean there's there's more than that, but there, there there's there's like five or six families from old. Let's call them from the 50, 60 years, like the Menkes, you know, uh, the Mutsos. Uh, that's what I'm referring the, to. The Gasparis. Okay, so those yeah. guys have lots of inventory of land, and they're all multi-billionaires. They're worth way more than the Forbes thinks they're worth. Um, they're probably you know typically five or six billion dollar heirs now. I think. Wow. And they were being reported as a billion and a half, two billion. They have way, way, way more money than that. Right. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, Brad Lamb's joining us. It's a great conversation about money, about real estate, about asset prices, interest rates, office, commercial, you name it. We're talking about it. Uh, Look, we want you to have more money. We want you to be successful and wealthy. Uh, Any questions for us, give us a call at WolfgangKlein.com, the Wolf on Bay Street.com. If you need a great broker looking for a condo, you can always contact uh, Brad Lamb Realty. Uh, very, very experienced team over there as well. Quick break, get right back to the show. Please stay tuned. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. I left your house this morning. It was a little loud tonight. It was in Bob Cajun. Welcome back to the show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager, along with my partner Jack Hartle, who's also a portfolio manager. One of the uniquenesses of our practice is, well, you get to work with two portfolio managers. Four eyes are better than two, two brains better than one, you know. I'm talking about, but it's actually a very, very unique offering. Fully transparent. You want to see how well we perform? Check out the website. Performance matters. I've been saying that for a decade. One of the big banks is trying to steal that line off me. I'm not going to allow it. Uh, yes, performance does matter. We're here to make money for our clients. We're here to build wealth. We're here to protect wealth um, and stay on trend. It's been a tough market, I must say, uh, Brad. You know, you're, you're dealing with real estate challenges. I'll tell you what we're dealing with uh, is a sideways market. Uh, 
you know, the market hits highs and lows, uh, it gets into what's called a trading range. And the S&P 500 right now is 19% off of its low, Brad. If it gets to be 20% off its low, it's considered actually a new bull market. That's about 1% away from where we are here. Many strategists think the market's going to roll over and come back down to sort of where the lows were. Uh, in fact, most strategists think that. The market's telling us something else, and the bond market is telling us something else as well, which is very, very interesting. Um, but we did put to bed that you know inflation has peaked uh, and is rolling over. Labor um, is tight, but is getting looser. So what you said is correct. Uh, the employer will ultimately get the upper hand. Labor still has some some clout. Uh, I know Royal Banks mandated that there's their employees to go back to work, what, three days a week? Oh, gee, you're tough. Uh, three days a week, Brad's rolling his eyes, as he should. Uh, I laugh. Let the competition sleep. Stay home. RBC, stay home. TD, stay home. You can stay home. Go ahead. Jack and I will come down on Bay Street and do all the work. Not a problem. Happy to. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of different trends taking place. Uh, place out there. Tell me, what's really catching your attention right now, Brad, that's you know giving you a whole lot of optimism? First of all, I'll plug your business. I think it's a great time to buy stock and to invest with people that uh, manage your money. And I'll tell you why. I think that you know it, people have a hard time sorting through all the noise, right? But the bottom line is when rates fall, and they're going to fall, and they're going to fall a lot, yep. the stocks will look great again. Right. And companies will do great. That, that is what's make... going to reset the deck for the next cycle. Yeah. Brad talked about yeah. the interest rates falling in the fall. I don't know about the timing. Who knows? But the fact is, at some point, you know, they've raised rates so far. There are signs the, the economy is slowing, labor slackening. All the indications are there of what the Fed was uh, trying to achieve is happening. At some point, you're going to reset the deck by lowering rates. And you talk about a trading range being frustrating, Wolf. It, it, the market will break out higher when rates go lower. We were at that Blackstone presentation and they, uh, again, they were selling a fixed income product, a, a debt product, a private debt product, which is fine. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm assuming it's going to probably work out quite well. But to, to help set the stage for their presentation, they said, and by the way, GMO is making a forecast that the S&P 500 basically goes nowhere from now till 2030 with, 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 with the exception of some volatility. Uh, now, GMO is Jeremy Grantham's, I think, company. I think that's who that's that, correct, uh, yeah. yeah, and that man has been calling gray skies since I've been loosely paying attention to him. But it's funny how people will, will, will pick and choose what they want to help build their narrative. And that, again, is where friends at home, you have to be careful. Uh, use other, some common sense, if nothing else. I, the other point that I would add there, we talked about the market forcing the Fed hands, the Fed's hand, there probably is going to be some weakness and some scary times in the market to get us to that next cycle. So investors do need to be prepared for that. Hey, right. Brad, let's talk about collectibles, if you don't mind. You want to pivot over into a different market. And again, I like to watch multiple markets, currencies, stocks, bonds, real estate, collectibles. I, I say that because when markets get extended and really hot and everything's going up, collectibles make front front and center stage too, be it scotch, be it art, Um and you have a few rare earths in your little personal vault. You shared that with us on Hi-Fi Radio many years ago. Uh, were they sapphires? Sapphires and rubies. Sapphires and rubies. Yeah. Uh, share with again, as a hobbyist, if nothing else, and you're putting some real money in, but just for fun, I think. Uh, what, have you noticed any change in trend for uh, collectibles? Yeah, yeah. so I, I have uh, the best ruby I have I bought for 180000 U.S. Um, one stone? Yeah, one stone. <laughs> uh, it's like eight carats, something like that. It's a big stone. 
and it's worth over a million today. I'm just thinking about uh, King Charles, the, the big stone. Yeah, it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. big. Big clear stones are actually hard to find. So sapphires, yes, rubies, emeralds, um, they're all extremely hard to find in, in large size and with good clarity. And I stopped buying them uh, like five years ago um, just because I have a bunch and sure. I've got enough. It's just a, a sideline thing I did, you know, like a little snatch bag if you really get into you can take it and run if it's in your pocket. Um, but uh, Anything to declare, sir. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I also collect cars. No, I just cars picked it up and glass and, off the floor. Don't want anyone to hurt themselves. Yeah. Sorry. So I've collected watches and cars and, of course, real estate. So I think, you know, the idea is if you can, sort of divide your money in a bunch of areas, uh, some for safety, some for risk, and and have sort of a spreading of that stuff. Okay, big question. This is just for fun. I'm going to throw on the table here, a little round table. How much real estate should one have in their portfolio as a percentage of their overall net worth? Brad Lamb? Don't say it. Well, I don't think it's 100%. 100%. I don't think it's 100%. I think the average person would, would probably have a lot because they have a house. Right. right? But I, I think you need to balance it. But I, I think for me, I'm trying to get my money into – like out of the vast amount of real estate we have into uh, more stuff dividend like paying yeah, regular. Stuff, stuff Jack and I do for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I agree with that era with Brad. The fact is, depending on your age, as you get, as you're young, it's going to be 100%. As you get older, it's less. And as you build up net worth, as you're a super high end net worth individual, you know, if you're worth, I don't know, $100 million, there's only so much real estate that you need because it's, it's a pain to actually maintain and there's a lot of cost to it. How much real estate does Warren Buffett have, Jack? Less. Does he have a lot? Le- less than one percent of his net worth. Right? The insurance companies would have a lot of real estate, but he has a lot of real estate. Who else is doing a real estate spinoff, Jack? We just that we just spoke with that this week in our office. Someone's got a bunch of real estate. To sp- I think Kirby mentioned it to me. Globus did that, obviously, spin off their real estate. Any big corps that stand out to, in your mind, Canadian corps that have a bunch of real estate on their balance sheet, because they ultimately end up spinning that off to to realize the value. It was on Leon's Wolf. It was Leon's. That's right. Yeah, Leans is a lot of real estate because they probably own their sites. But I would say any any um, any uh, insurance company, uh, life or casualty, would have a lot of real estate. The, the REITs have a lot of real estate. Obviously, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, um, sorry. Uh, That's okay. What was the one you Simon mentioned? Simon Property. Allied, Allied. Allied Property. I love Allied. It's a great company. I think it's pretty cool stuff, yeah. yeah. But they, they're going to have to sell some stuff, I think, because they have the same problems anyway. But they have some very good assets that they can expand. I think it's the best Office read operating in Canada, personally. That that will mark the bottom for the commercial real estate um, market. When you have large institutions, endowments, these companies are forced to sell, and the people with a long-term view pick up the, uh, the highest quality real estate that's available. Do me a favor, Brad. When you get that phone call, hey, Brad, come on. Take it off our table, please. When you get that phone call, let Jack and I know, would you? you know, just you should know, now is the best time to buy real estate. Right now. This is not going to be any better time in the next 20 years than right now. Because it's going to get tough for people. So the next four or five months will be opportunities. Then they're over. I'm not going to argue with you. I, you know, I see, I don't see any for sale signs. I see no inventory. Uh, and again, times are supposed to be tough. I, I expect, I'm expecting inventory. So I, I think you're right. Uh, what little inventory comes to market, it is getting gobbled up. If it's priced 
reasonably, and the seller is reasonable. My good friend, have a great weekend as always. Thank you very much for your intellect and your presence. It's a delight to spend the hour with Brad Lamb, uh, president, founder, Brad Lamb Realty. Uh, Jack, my partner, great job as always, my friend. Uh, friends at home, please uh, have a great weekend. Uh, any questions for Jack or I? Any money questions? That's what we do. Give us a call. Check us out. WolfgangKlein.com. All the best. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.